Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Was it the sun what won it? The referendum, uh, that is, uh, for Britain to leave the EU. That's the question we'll be asking on this week's Journalism Matters podcast. Uh, not just the sun, but also the Daily Mail, Telegraph titles and the Express titles. So all these uh, papers were strongly biased in the final month of the referendum campaign, uh, reflecting a uh, pro-Brexit viewpoint, not just in their leader columns, but also uh, in their editorial pages too. To talk about this, um, I've got uh, The Sun's associate editor, Trevor Kavanagh, who's a, a political columnist for the paper, a former political editor, uh, who's been with The Sun for 40 years. And to uh, look also at this issue, I've got Evan Harris, the uh, former Lib Dem MP and uh, an executive director of the uh, campaign group Hacked Off. First up, Trevor Kavanagh. What your thoughts were, really, this, the extent to which, so the, I suppose you can speak for the Sun, you know, the, the Sun was sort of um, leading, or the, the extent to which it was really um, reflecting and resonating what, what it was hearing, you know, what it thought that, that its readers were worried about. Yes, I think that um, um, it's the latter of the two, because we have had a view on the European Union and its um, grand design for a very long time. And throughout that period, 30 or 40 years, uh, that has been matched by and led by, indeed, in many cases, by our readership, which has been two to one, um, um, a sceptical compared with a, with a, um, a Euro uh, file sort of audience about. Um, and that includes everything uh, from the uh, origins of the single currency, the exchange rate mechanism, right through the um, moves towards ever closer union and uh, the Maastricht Treaty, and then the um, uh, Constitution and the um, Lisbon Treaty that uh, supplanted that. Mm. That feeling by our readership has actually grown, if anything, over the years, and we would have been remiss not to represent it. I've had um, uh, calls from um, papers in Europe about this um, editorializing, um, which they regard as rather strange, and um, it is probably, perhaps at any rate, um, unique to Britain that newspapers take a 
particular stance on a political issue, but it's not new. Uh, it's always been the case, I think. We have a very diversified press, which is not the case in all other countries. We have people, we have papers on the left and on the right, and uh, allegedly on the independent center ground too. Um, and all of them express their views, not least of which would be, for instance, the Financial Times, which has been uh, vehemently pro-European for at least the last 20 years and um, has made no secret of the fact that it is partisan. And indeed has lost a lot of credibility in the city because it has presented only one side to the Project Fear argument throughout the campaign. Yeah, that's interesting. I suppose following on from that, I mean, uh, what's, your, what's your sense of the um, extent to which the uh, the press, I guess, sort of Fleet Street, um, may have had an influence on the uh, on the result um, going one way or the other? Well, I, I think that um, there have been academic attempts to research this, mm. and as you will know, yeah. um, uh, after the 1997 election, after in fact the 1992 election in which we, well in the eyes of some infamously said that some yeah. won it, yeah. um, that was possibly um, an emotional spasm of release actually rather than a claim of actual um, yeah. impact because um, Martin Linford who subsequently, he was, a, he was a former Guardian journalist who became an academic and then an MP, a Labour MP, yeah. um, carried out a research on it and said that basically it was 50-50, almost an inconsequential impact of newspapers on readers, because most readers form an opinion well in advance of an event, whether it's an election or a referendum. Mm. And I think that there are some variations, obviously, and we don't know to what extent, but I think, if anything, um, it was the Remain camp and Project Fear, which influenced people more than the uh, Brexit campaign, and I suspect that had the um, Remain camp um, delivered a more upbeat and sunny view of what life was like, uh, arguing the benefits of being remaining in the European Union, they would have um, they would have done better. But um, on the other hand, Project Fear certainly as Kelvin McKenzie has admitted, um, caused buyer's remorse after a lot of people wonder whether they've done the right thing. Mm. I don't know, frankly, which is which. There will have been a lot of people who worried about their mortgages and their um, and inflation and uh, the national debt and the mm. possibility of a horrendous budget. But, you know, events have proven that they were not justified. We haven't had an emergency budget. We won't have an emergency budget. Inflation isn't going to soar, and the stock market has actually bounced back to record highs. And just on the, um, you mentioned the FT, and I don't know, it struck, it struck me that um, the um, the sort of pro leave papers were, just, were a lot more uh, strident uh, in their support of the um, leave argument, and perhaps that's why they won the argument because the um, the pro remain papers seem rather kind of uh, limp, uh, you know, limp-hearted about it and, they, and only really coming to view quite near the end. I don't know uh, that was your... I absolutely view. disagree with yeah. that point yeah. of view. Yeah. I think that the reason that the um, uh, Brexit arguments resonated was because they had 
justification given. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason that the Remain argument failed was because yeah. they were, as you say, limp. Yeah. And um, basically it was hanging on to the fear of something worse. Yeah. The arguments for striking out on our own were cast by the Remain camp as Little England xenophobia. Mm. But it's not true, because as you will see, mm. what we were saying out loud, and because we'd had the opportunity to put it into a referendum argument, was exactly the same, if not more restrained in many ways, mm. um, as the um, views across the channel in countries like France, Germany, Italy, and the southern states, where they've actually been on the receiving end of the policies which the Remain camp thought were so wonderful, but which those who had been on the receiving end of the Euro had found extremely punishing. And it didn't take much, surely, to say, you only have to look at the Euro and its consequences to see that the European Union Grand Project is in fact a flawed enterprise. And it isn't necessarily wholly uh, going in the right direction, it is perhaps arguably going in wholly the wrong direction. And uh, so when you have a, a Pew Research Studies opinion poll showing more than 60% in France of all countries wishing they could follow us into a referendum and vote out, <laughs> that tells you something, doesn't it? It's not just Little England. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Well, no, thanks for that. And the, um, I suppose the, uh, just a quick, uh, quick one, I mean, people... I, I, people will do dissertations on this one, and they'll tot up the number of articles which have been which appeared in papers favouring uh, Remain, favouring Leave. And I think you pro probably find that in the Sun that the uh, there wasn't, um, you know, um, it wasn't, should we say, precisely balanced. There was probably uh, you, you probably weighted the editorial coverage in in favour of Leave, um, you know, rather than um, uh, you know being scrupulously fair as like a broadcaster might be. I mean, is that? Is that a fair comment? And is that is that right? You know, should should we be more? Should we should we should, should we strive to be balanced in journalism? No, I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. I think that uh, newspapers should say what they think. They should reflect the views of their readers, and they should also uh, carry through the arguments they think are the correct arguments. And I think mm. whichever way you look at this, Europe isn't working very well. Mm. When you've got unemployment across Europe, which is double the average rate across Europe to what Britain's rate is. Something is going seriously wrong. And if you can just look at that and say, oh, look, we've got to give an even balance to that and say there are good things about unemployment, then I think you're barking up the wrong tree. Mm. Okay. Well, look, uh, thanks for that. And sort of final question. I know you probably get asked this a lot. The, but, I mean, you know, the extent to which um, this, this, was a, what, this decision finally to, um, you know, g go out and say, right, vote, um, vote leave, you know, does, is Rupert Murdoch involved in those decisions, or you know, how, does it, how does it work? Or is it just down to the editor and the senior team? I mean, how does it, how does it work? The Sun has had a stance on the European Union for the 40 years that I've been associated with it, first as political editor and then as yeah. chief leader writer and then as columnist. And um, we've had a view from up yours to laws and yeah. all at goal and, and so on and so on, yeah. which has been consistent, honourable, legitimate and uh, and accurate as things turned out. Yeah. It would have been wholly bizarre yeah. if at the referendum we turned around and said, oh well, maybe we should stay. So next up, I spoke to Evan Harris, who's an executive director of Hacked Off, has been a strong critic of the uh, tabloid press and of The Sun in particular over a number of years. 
what, 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 what's your response to um, what Trevor Kavanagh said there? You know that um, he, I mean he, he feels that the sum has been entirely honourable in the way in the way it's behaved and the way it's reported this uh, important issue. I mean, what, what's your take on the way that the press has covered um, covered the uh, Brexit and aftermath? The point from the public interest is not about balance. The press are entitled to be partisan uh, and they're entitled to take sides. But given that they are signed up to a, a standards code of their own um, of, of, of their own creation, what they're not entitled to be, according to clause one of that code, is to issue, uh, publish inaccurate, uh, misleading, or distorted information. Mm. And it's very clear, just looking at what happened, that several newspapers, especially on the Brexit side, in many cases on page one, or at least in splash headlines inside, published information that was clearly inaccurate and distorted and misleading. Now, no one's arguing that the, there should be any prior restraint in any effective system of press regulation, but what Leveson said made clear was that there had to be adequate remedy, and that means that there needed to be prompt and uh, equivalent prominence corrections. Now, most of those stories were not corrected at all, even though they were inaccurate, false or misleading. Mm. Uh, and those that were, were corrected in tiny writing on an inside page. Mm. So a fraction of the people who will have read and assuming they believe their newspapers have been misled uh, on this important question in a referendum um, of public policy were never disabused of what they had been told. And on the one occasion, the one occasion where Ipso intervened on the famous Sun's Queen Backs Brexit front page banner headline, mm. uh, it, instead of taking 10 minutes to show that there was nothing in the article that could justify the headline, which is all it would take, mm. they took 10 weeks to require the Sun only to print nothing on the front page, no correction at all, but a small print uh, version of their adjudication on page two. That meant, I would say, probably 1% of the people who were misled by the false, found by their own uh, regulator, the regulator that the press set up and control, their own regulator found it was false, and yet 99% uh, of the people who saw it were never disabused by the sun, and the sun, in fact, were allowed to reject the findings altogether of their own regulator. Now, I think that's a major problem if a doctor was found to breach their own standards code by the General Medical Council and came out afterwards and said they'd do it again, mm. and did it again, uh, like the Sun did a few weeks later, uh, then they'd be in real trouble. But the press don't have anything other than a sham regulator. And of course, it's no coincidence that sitting on the board of the sham regulator is Trevor Kavanagh, the associate editor of the Sun, who presumably agrees with his editor that Ipso got it wrong, um, and shows that the whole thing is a farce. Do you think um, the um, the press coverage might have um, might have, might have had a decisive um, impact on the way things are gone? It's hard to say whether uh, accurate press coverage. Uh, would have made a difference. But if um, newspapers like the Mail, the Star, the Express and the Sun, who have been identified, and this has never been rebutted by them, by the Infax organization led by a senior journalist from Reuters, shown to have published over a dozen false front page or page lead stories uh, that created you know, 
which were effectively lies because I think they knew they were false, uh, then that could have had an effect. Now, in a, with a free press, it's impossible to complain as strongly if accurate stories, which are biased in the sense that they only put one side in their newspaper, uh, influence their readers and the electorate. But one can legitimately complain if the press fail to follow their own standards code, their useless sham regulator fails to do anything about it, and millions of people uh, were misled. Uh, by inaccurate stories, stories known to be inaccurate, that were distorted or misleading, basically propaganda printed in the newspapers. The newspapers can't have it both ways. They can't say they're entitled to present to their readers their view, uh, when at the same time, in cases, that view is, is misleading, distorted or inaccurate, breaching their own code. That's the problem they face. And unfortunately, um, the people responsible for this in senior positions are never held to account by interviewers um, or by their own so-called regulator, which is, of course, a sham. Okay, so that concludes this week's Journalism Matters podcast. Uh, Look out for the next edition in two weeks' time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.